0: The Daily 202's Big Idea is sponsored by U.S. Bank, the power of possible. Learn more at usbank.com newsroom. Good morning. I'm James Holman from The Washington Post, and this is The Daily 202 for Thursday, October 18th. In today's news, vulnerable Republicans are trying to co-opt Democratic policy ideas as the midterms near. Bob Mueller's team pumps Paul Manafort for information on Roger Stone. And President Trump is furious about rising border crossings. But first, the big idea. As the gruesome details of Jamal Khashoggi's alleged killing and dismemberment at the hands of Saudi operatives trickled into the public domain this week, calls sounded in capitals across the globe for immediate retaliation to the apparent human rights atrocity, but President Trump has remained dogged about the bottom line. In days of private phone calls and Oval Office huddles, Trump has repeatedly reached for reasons to protect the U.S.-Saudi relationship. Several administration officials and presidential advisors tell our White House reporters Bob Costa, Josh Dossie, and Phil Rucker that Trump has stressed Saudi Arabia's huge investment in U.S. weaponry and expressed worry that it could instead purchase arms from China or Russia. He's fretted about the oil-rich desert kingdom cutting off its supply of petroleum to the U.S. He's warned against losing a key partner in countering Iran's influence in the Middle East. He's argued that even if the U.S. tried to isolate the Saudis, the kingdom is too wealthy to ever truly be isolated. And he's emphasized that although Khashoggi has been living in Virginia and writing columns for the Washington Post— The dissident journalist is a Saudi citizen, the implication being that the disappearance is not necessarily America's problem. All of this exemplifies Trump's broader approach to foreign policy. Trump's hesitation and friendly engagement with the Saudis underscores his transactional view. He prioritizes geopolitics and economic interests over human rights and democracy. Secretary of State Mike Pompeo flew home to Washington on Wednesday after hearing Saudi denials in Riyadh and Turkish accusations in Ankara. Trump's top diplomat received a first-hand briefing from Turkish authorities, but he did not listen to the audio recording that Turkish officials say offers a ghastly rendering of Khashoggi's killing and proves he was murdered inside the Saudi consulate in Istanbul. Pompeo also did not offer reporters traveling with him any deeper clarity into how the Trump administration would address the conflicting accounts but he suggested that any possible U.S. response would weigh the U.S.'s important relations with the Saudis. Trump said his administration has asked for an audio recording, quote, if it exists, expressing doubt about the evidence. U.S. intelligence officials speaking on the condition of anonymity say they have no reason to doubt that Turkey has an audio recording that shows what officials claim. Meanwhile, Senate Foreign Relations Committee Chairman Bob Corker, the Republican from Tennessee, said the administration has been, quote, clamping down, on sharing intelligence about the Khashoggi case. He said an intelligence briefing that had been scheduled for Tuesday was canceled, and then he was told no additional intelligence will be shared with the Senate for now, a move he called disappointing. Corker says he can only surmise that the intelligence is probably not painting a pretty picture as it relates to Saudi Arabia, which is why the Trump administration is trying to prevent him from hearing about it. Meanwhile, today's Washington Post's opinion page has Khashoggi's heartbreaking final column, Ironically, it's about the need for free expression in the Arab world. Global Opinions editor Karen Atia received a draft from Khashoggi's translator and assistant the day after he was reported missing in Istanbul. The Post held off on publishing the piece because editors hoped Jamal would come back. As Atiyah put it, the column perfectly captures his commitment and passion for freedom in the Arab world, a freedom he apparently gave his life for. Khashoggi would have turned 60, this past weekend. And that's the big idea. Here are three other headlines that should be on your radar. Number one, with less than three weeks until the elections, a growing number of Republican candidates are beginning to sound a lot like the Democrats they're running against. For example, in Arizona, Wisconsin, and several other states, conservative GOP incumbent governors who are known for clashing with teachers are now campaigning on promises to boost teacher pay. Republicans in states like Missouri, Pennsylvania, and Ohio are running ads saying they'll protect the popular parts of the Affordable Care Act, also known as Obamacare. And after the bitter fight over Brett Kavanaugh, a handful of Republicans are trying to turn the Me Too movement against their Democratic rivals. All of this messaging is an acknowledgment that some of these Democratic arguments pull quite well and have resonated with voters in swing districts. Meanwhile, according to our tally of the third quarter FEC reports, Democratic congressional candidates have now raised over $1 billion this election cycle. That's a record. It's the first time since 2008, when Democrats swept the White House in both chambers of Congress, that Democrats, running for House and Senate, have outraised their Republican opponents in direct contributions. Number two, Paul Manafort and his attorneys have visited Bob Mueller's Washington office at least nine times in the past month a move that suggests the special counsel's quiet period has not been so quiet after all. Prosecutors working for the special counsel say they're prepared to move ahead with Manafort's sentencing in the Eastern District of Virginia. And Mueller's team has continued to interview other witnesses. They've gathered a grand jury weekly to meet in D.C. on most Fridays, and they've kicked up other still-secret court action. Plus, the discussions between Trump's legal team and the special counsel's office have intensified in recent weeks including after Mueller sent over a list of written questions related to possible collusion between the president's campaign and the Russians. People around Trump believe more criminal indictments will drop soon after the midterms, and attorneys who have dealt with Mueller's investigators expect him to submit a much-anticipated report in the next several weeks. The Trump team is trying to figure out ways to keep it secret. Number three. Newly released Department of Homeland Security statistics show that a record number of migrant families crossed the U.S. border since Trump ended his forced family separation policy three months ago. Border Patrol agents arrested about 16,700 family members in September. That's the highest one-month total on record. It's an 80% increase from July. White House aides say Trump is truly furious, and he wants to threaten a new politically risky crackdown just weeks before the midterms. The president has been receiving regular updates on these border numbers, and he's telling staffers that something has to change. He's pushing for a reinstatement of the family separation policy in some form. He believes that's the only thing that worked. GOP strategists involved in the midterms, though, say that the separations coincided with the worst polling of Trump's presidency, and they say reinstituting separations would cause a bloodbath in November, potentially even putting the Senate back in play. And that's The Daily 202 for Thursday, September 18th. Thanks for listening. I'm James Holman. I'll talk to you tomorrow.